Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Q. And I'm M. And welcome back to the tent for episode two, Biscuits Week. What did you think of this episode? I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot too. And I I feel like eventually what it came down to was this is a story of this episode about four bakers. It kind of zeroed in on four bakers. Okay. Two who were competing for Star Baker and it was very, it was a good competition. I will say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then two who were struggling to stay into the tent. And that was less of a surprise at the end. Mm-hmm. But I think once actually actually felt like the editing, I saw the editing kind of zero in on like four bakers. And I was like, it's kind of interesting because I'm like, it's early on, but we're already getting some like personal storylines being set up and resolved, maybe. Mm-hmm. But very, very good episode. I thought the signature was pretty good, technical pretty good, but the showstopper amazing. It exceeded what I thought it was going to be. The showstopper? When or? I first heard. Yeah, the showstopper I think was one for the books because some of the bakes that we got in the showstopper I think were just outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's talk about the intro. First off, first thing we see is Allison dunking her biscuit. How many times do you think she dunked her biscuit? I, I slowed it down and counted it. Oh, you did? I, did. I, I was like, this is a lot, Allison. Wow. Okay. I did not count. I'm going to say 13 Baker's Dozen. The first uh, succession of dunks that she does, she does five dunks okay. in a row. And she does like four more again later, so like nine. Oh, okay. So pretty close, but <laughs> like in a short amount of time, she dunked a lot. <laughs> Uh, Noel and Allison say they've done something creative that allows you to keep dunking your biscuit in your cuppa. I didn't know cuppa was a, a term. I guess it's just a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't break off. They've been dunking for 45 minutes and are still holding strong. And then Paul's like, what's, what's, the, what's the recipe here? And they say sugar, flour. And as Paul's like biting into the biscuit, the secret ingredient concrete <laughs> and then this is where you get like some physical comedy from paul where he pretends to be like biting into concrete he's like ah 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 ah, and then they intro the show good intro what did you think of it so i was already prepared for not a great intro based on last, last week's week, intro because they usually go all out on the first intro yeah so the bar for me was pretty low on this Same. one I, I thought they were just gonna be like <laughs> Hey, yeah. it's Biscuits. Yeah. Welcome to Biscuit Week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that being said, I thought it was all right. Okay. Yeah. All right, second question. What do you think of dunking? I think I know dunking is a very polarizing thing. Some people are very pro-dunking. Some people are very against it. I am typically not a dunker. Okay. Are you a dunker? So this is going to kind of be a little backstory about me. Okay. I am not a dunker because of something that happened to me when I was oh. about like <laughs> six years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's let's flash back to 1991 where a young Hugh was six years old. So a third of your life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we don't have to do that math. Okay, okay. But yeah, let, let's, uh, let's go back to 1991. Okay. So I'm about six years old. My parents have just dropped me off at my cousin's house for a sleepover. A good time is going to be had, right? We play some Mario, which is fun. We play Monopoly, some typical sleepover stuff. And we're just generally having a great time, right? This is when my cousin introduces me to the first oatmeal cookie I'll ever have. Uh I'm like, oh, what's that? He's like, it's an oatmeal cookie. I was like, I've never had that before. I've only had chocolate chip. He's like, yeah, you you should eat it. It's pretty good. I'm like, okay. And right as I grab the cookie and I'm about to take a bite, he's like, oh, oh, you should have it with milk. I'm like, 
Okay, I mean, that makes sense. Like milk and cookies, tried and true combination. I didn't say this one, I was six. I just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, the thoughts running through yeah, my head. Very complex yeah. thinking. Yeah, I was, I, was re- I was like commentating my life at six years old already. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's get a glass of milk. So he gives me a glass of milk, right? And then he's like, so what you want to do is you want to take the oatmeal cookie and you want to put it in the milk. I'm like, oh, he's like, yeah, it's really good. I was like, okay. So I take the oatmeal cookie. I dunk it into the milk. Then I take a bite. I'm like, you know what? You're right. This is very good. This, You're blowing my mind here. This is amazing. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you, you just got to keep dunking it and it'll be really good. I was like, okay. I'm going to keep dunking it. So my next dunk, I dunk it again. I take a bite. Delicious. Amazing. I'm having the best time right now. My third dunk, I think I go overboard and I leave it into the cup for too long. That my oatmeal cookie, it kind of disintegrates and like, like breaks apart, and it just like becomes like mush into my cup. Like mm-hmm. I, I totally overdid it, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm like, oh, my oatmeal cookie is like just into my milk. What should I do now? I just drink it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I just take the cup of milk, and like I just drink the whole thing like, like a milkshake or something, right? Okay. And I do it in like one swoop. Okay. And. For some reason, that combination of the chunky oatmeal and the milk, it's too much for me. I start feeling a little sick, and I throw it all, I throw it all up and all over the counter at my, my cousin's house. Um, I'm not feeling great. I get a little scared. I call my parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They come pick me up. Um, on the ride home, I feel sad that, like... We had a bunch of activities planned for the sleepover. We bought this puzzle that we didn't get around to. And uh, ever since then, that kind of traumatized me about dunking. And I know it's not fair of me to just judge dunking on that one experience because there was user error. Like, I left it in there too long. But ever since then, I've been very anti-dunking. <laughs> Wow. I'm processing. There's a lot to unpack here. I know, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I've never dunked a cookie or a, a biscuit. Well, you know, we say a cookie. I've never dunked a cookie into milk ever again until this day. And it's it's been a long time. First of all, I want to validate your experience. Oh, thank you. Yeah. However. <laughs> However. <laughs> I, I also ruined my cousin's night. We were supposed to have like a fun sleepover and we didn't. Have you ever had just oatmeal in a bowl before? Like you've I've eaten oatmeal. Milk. Yeah, just regular oatmeal? Yeah, that's okay. But oatmeal cookie is very different, right? Or maybe not if it disintegrated in the milk. Yeah, like I can't do... Like even eating oatmeal cookies now, I'm totally okay with, but I do like have a slight, huh, can't let this get anywhere near milk, <laughs> like just kind of ingrained in me, <laughs> like it's a part of like my DNA now is like I can't have oatmeal and milk because of that experience. That's not where I thought the story, I thought the story was going to lend itself towards the concrete because sometimes oatmeal, if it gets concrete? hard, if you take oatmeal sometimes and it gets dry and hard, it can get pretty brittle, but yours went the other way. <laughs> yeah, no, it like... It got like mushy and weird, and then I like six year old me decided just to drink the whole thing in like a big gulp. <laughs> and I know that's not what you're supposed to do, but it was too much for me at that time. And like, yeah, it just all came out. I was traumatized. Okay. 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 D- okay. So I, I've I've been anti. I've never dunked the biscuit. If if it was a chocolate chip cookie, would it have been different? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, this is my (laughs) proposal. Oh, okay. Okay. We we currently have a a fantasy bake, right? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. If I win fantasy bake off, no. Okay. If I lose fantasy bake off, okay. I'll try it again. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want you to have to do something <laughs> that you don't really want no, to do. No, but I, I feel like it's been so long that 
and I won't let the same thing happen where I like leave it in too long and it comes like mush and I just drink the whole thing. Unless you unless you want that to be the consequence for losing fantasy bake off. Like okay. reigniting that trauma. But <laughs> I I'm willing to try it again on mic if I lose fantasy bake off. Okay. Yeah. If I lose fantasy bake off, I will bake you oatmeal cookies. Wait. <laughs> Wait, but then I don't have to eat them. Um, That's your choice. Milk, right? That's your okay. choice. All right, all right. So I think this is good. Uh, this is a good wager here, and also is, I think it's probably good for my personal development that I try it again. It's been a long time, and I I won't do the same user error. I know you. I've known you for a little while now. At least six years. <laughs> Maths. <laughs> but I feel. I feel I can understand why that was traumatizing. I also feel like some of the memories are connected to things that Weren't. are not applicable to maybe why you had that final experience. So are you saying that if I lose Fantasy Bake Off, not only will you make me eat an oatmeal dunk cookie and just in, in, in milk that's kind of disintegrated, but you'll also... Like call my parents to have them pick me up, <laughs> and then you'll take you'll take Monopoly and Mario away from my my home so I can't enjoy. It. I think what I'm saying is, I've never wanted to win more than right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, that? um, that's a lot at the beginning of this episode. Wow, uh, the stakes have risen. Okay, okay, the stakes have risen. <laughs> let's let's actually get into the episode here. Um, yeah. Oof. In the intros, we get some comments from some of the bakers. Rowan says, I saw those three peaks at the tent, and I thought, I'm happy to be home. Dana says, last week was very stressful, but it's a new day, a new dawn, a very positive outlook from Dana. And Keith says, I make shortbread quite a lot. It's one of those recipes where you don't get a lot out of the effort that you put in. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> And then we get into the signature bake. All right, for the signature bake, the bakers are tasked with making 12 marshmallow biscuits inspired by their favorite childhood favorites. I said favorites twice. <laughs> That's okay. That's how much they like it. Yeah. <laughs> childhood is a theme this episode. Yeah. Uh, the marshmallow biscuits must be topped or sandwiched with marshmallow and can be big, like Noel's head. The bakers get two and a half hours. So we get some comments from Paul and Prue. Paul says he thought the wagon wheel was the best marshmallow biscuit ever. Prue says marshmallow is mild in flavor, which I don't actually agree with you on that, Prue, but that's, that's your opinion. And she says the biscuits can be big and you will need something to lift the marshmallow flavor. It also has to be decorated and look shop made. So they're looking for professionalism here. Mm-hmm. Let's go over our first speaker, Abby. Abby is making a flavors of Tunisia marshmallow biscuits, which is a pistachio shortbread, saffron marshmallow, and orange curd. So in background on Abby, she spent seven years in Tunisia before she returned home, and then she took a gravity-defying fitness class. And then we see a clip of her hanging upside down from a hoop spinning in circles, which she tells Noel is aerial hoop. It's pretty cool. It looks cool, and also I think Noel thinks it looks cool because as she's describing this, Noel looks like he's like impressed and also mind blown. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> You're just hanging from the ceiling spinning? During judging, the judges say that her marshmallow biscuits do look a little bit messy, but they are exciting and attractive. Like aerial hoop. No, they didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of orange. However, Paul says that it's punching too much. That was a surprise. Yeah, I was like, they must be really punching if Paul says it's punching too much because he's always looking for those punches. Yeah. Yeah. It's, however, they say the biscuit is lovely, but they are looking for a little bit more finesse. And they remind Abby to allow time to finish her bakes. So we might have like a substance over style here. Mm-hmm. I like this. I like where it's going. Yeah, that's Ab her storyline. Yeah, Abby was my top pick. She hasn't peaked yet, so I feel like She's in a up. good spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Christy. She's making Nanny June's marshmallow biscuits. These are rose tea cakes for her nan, who unfortunately passed away, 
who had loved roses, and so her biscuits will have little roses painted onto the shell. Although Nanny June may have been the inspiration for her tea cakes, her youngest daughter, Sienna, who's been helping her perfect the recipe. I was a little bit nervous because we always, whenever rose flavor comes into play, it's kind of hit or miss, you know? Yeah, it's a little is a lot. Yeah. Or not enough. Yes, yes. So she will alter a rose water flavored marshmallow and a mixed berry jam atop a digestive biscuit, all encased in a delicate floral white chocolate shell. To which I thought these looked really nice when they came out. They had a little bit of an edge on it, but she trimmed them off, and I thought they looked really pretty. Yep. I think, so the majority, or I would say the majority, but half of the bakers used molds, and half of the bakers did not, roughly, right? I think some of the bakers that didn't use molds should have used molds. I agree. I think that Why was... Why not use the molds? That was a strategic... Yeah. Error on some parts. Maybe they're trying to get extra points for not using modes. Yeah. Anyway. However, during judging, Prue said that her roses worked perfectly and that the rose flavor is definitely there, but she doesn't think it's too much. Paul agreed with Prue that the rose level was about right and the berry in there needed to be a little bit stronger and more of it, but he thinks it was very neat and that she's done a decent job. So overall, pretty good for Christy, and I thought they were really nice looking. Yeah, I think uh, her presentation was really good. Right, next, we get the reigning star baker, Dan. Dan is making a even after all. It's a water wheel. Much more biscuits. <laughs> I know what you were going for, and I like it. Dan's water wheel marshmallow biscuits contain dark chocolate ganache, banana marshmallow, and peanut butter biscuits in honor of his son, whose birthday is tomorrow. I was like, oh, Dan's son's birthday is tomorrow. I know he's busy tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So did Dan's son get to celebrate his birthday with his dad? Probably not, because he was busy in the tent making the showstopper. Right? Yeah. They're not quarantined, though, this year, right? No, they're not quarantined, but like, it was like a four-hour showstopper (laughs) in the middle of the day. I don't think uh, Dan's son got a birthday party. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Maybe not during the day. Maybe Maybe like... They saved it for the weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We get a little background on Dan. His two kids love to help him in the kitchen. It's very cute. And I was like, when do you actually have time to practice baking? And he says, oh, I wait until the kids go to bed and then I practice. I'm like, yep, totally understand that. I totally understand, <laughs> like, just moving your whole life to after the, the kids go to sleep. That totally makes sense to me. <laughs> During judging, they say his water wheel marshmallow biscuits do look good. However, Prue says, if you look closer, kind of messy. <laughs> <You look> closer. <laughs> hmm. They do say that there's a lot going on inside after they cut into it. However, like technically it's perfect. The textures are spot on and there's good flavors. But however, despite all this, they're not crazy about it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. The judges aren't really able to pinpoint what they don't think is outstanding about this because it's just a little bit messy. Mm-hmm. But technically, very good on Dan. Yeah. Interesting judging. All right. Up next, we have Dana. We're we not doing that anymore. <laughs> we have Dana. Um, to the, no, listeners, if you want us to keep doing that, let us know. <laughs> I mean, if we went through Mark, Mark, and Mark. Yeah, we can go I through know, Dan and talking. Dana. Okay. There's one way we won't do it if one of them goes home. All right. <laughs> so... Dana is making a malodramatic marshmallow biscuits. I like that. Yeah, that's very good. She's doing speculous marshmallow biscuits that's got a lot of ginger, cloves, mixed spice, and a bit of everything. Her love of spices comes from the Indian dishes her mom, Chaya, taught her growing up. And we see her cooking with her mom, and it's kind of cool. So sitting on top of her spiced biscuit, her vanilla marshmallow and speculous biscuit buttercream will be set in an intricate mold. Her mold was a little bit different. Most of the bakers that did use a mold looked like they were using a dome-shaped. But hers kind of came to a peak and it had little ridges on it. Yeah, that was interesting. Yes. I think that may have caused her a little bit of difficulties because during judging, Prue said, did you drop three of them? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Dana replied uh, appropriately by saying, I don't know what you're you're on about. (laughs) Dana has a good strategy when she gets criticism. Yes. Because last episode, uh, she was making her dog. Mm-hmm. They're like, it looks kind of flat. And Dana's like, I just have a flat dog. That's right. Very She's good. rolling with it. Rolling with it. So there's nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Pastas today do look amazing, bar the broken ones. They have a lovely interior, and the balance between the marshmallow and the biscuit is good. Prue says it's so delicious and very spicy. Paul says it's the topping he likes, but totally overwhelmed by the biscuit. It's so potent that a delicate thing like marshmallow is never going to stand a chance. However, Prue doesn't really agree because, frankly, marshmallow deserves to be overridden. She thinks it works beautifully. She has some very strong thoughts on marshmallow, Prue. I think so. Yeah. So, All right. Mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Josh, who is making a Black Forest Marshmallow Biscuits, which contains cherry biscuits, vanilla marshmallow, and Black Forest jam. Some background on Josh, he loves to garden with his little brother. They've even won prizes for their giant fruits. And during the segment, you see him holding like a huge watermelon. Like, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess Josh is a good gardener. In green addition, thumb. Yeah, green thumb. In addition to being a chemist. <laughs> he also tells Noah that he does rugby for half the year. Because then after rugby season, he switches over to gardening season. And then he said that's his like calm world. And I was like, Yeah, you're you're living everyone's best life, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> rugby and gardening and then baking. And he says he's not so keen on the baking, which is very funny of no. During judging, the judges say that his Black Forest marshmallow biscuits are very neat and identical. After they bite into it, they say is the chocolate is thin and nice. And there's a great balance between sweet and tart. Overall, pretty spot on. So a strong start on Josh. Yes, pretty good. All right, up next we have Keith. Keith is making a letter from America marshmallow biscuits. He likes to doorstep his neighbors. You were recently doorstepped. I was. Looking for feedback on his bakes, which has earned him in the nickname Needy Ned. Not not a good nickname, especially since his name is Keith. Yes. He'll be recreating the all-American peanut butter and jelly sandwich in wagon wheel form. He did a bit of stand-up for a few years, about 20 years ago, to which him and Allison talked about that he was not quite good enough to go full-time. Allison asked for his best gag. However, he says he doesn't want to appear funnier than Noel. And then finally the timer goes off and he says to Allison, that's time for the interview to end. He got them jokes. (laughs) He got those jokes. He demonstrated his uh, stand-up ability there. Yeah. I would love to see his stand-up routine. I, I would, too. I would, too. I like Keith. During judging, Paul says that it's they're a bit messy, aren't they? Prue says the truth is, though, it's really delicious. The marshmallow is holding its shape. The raspberry jam is terrific. It's the nicest, crispest biscuit. Paul says it's beauty and the beast. Beauty is on the inside, but look at it. I think when it traveled from America to over there... It went through some things because it did not look the best. Prue also doing some stand-up in the tent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's the deal with marshmallow biscuits? <laughs> that's, that's how I imagine the stand-up going. <laughs> What's the deal with that? Anyway, next we have Maddie. Maddie is making halftime marshmallow biscuits, which contain chocolate and orange shortbread with orange jam and marshmallow. So some background on Maddie. Maddie is off the market. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I thought this was a flaw. Yeah, they should have <laughs> like not revealed that he's off the market. Do you think this will hurt his, his appeal to viewers? I don't know, because between episodes one and two, all the comments online are, I'm going to say, admiring Maddie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maddie has a lot of admirers. However, him being engaged, I don't know. It's, 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 we're happy for Maddie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He met his fiance at the gym eight years ago. They're currently planning their wedding. So, yeah, I mean, what's a better time to do bake off <laughs> to, when you're planning your wedding with your fiance? <laughs> what's a better time to go to a tent for 10 weeks? <laughs> Just 10 weekends, actually. Um, it, there's a funny clip where his fiance is like showing him wedding dresses, and she's like, "Which one do you like?" And he's like, Ugh, "They kind of all look the same," <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> and then Noel says, like, he looks at his tattoos, and he's like, "Hey, if you win, we should get tattoos of each other 
And also, if Maddie wins, he'll just get a big old Maddie tattoo on his chest, which is funny. I'm hoping for this. I, yeah, there's some stakes involved with this yeah. one too. <laughs> <laughs> and then Noah also says he has a Rahul on his bum, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. Like Rahul is one of my favorite bakers from the past couple seasons. During judging, they say that his halftime marshmallow biscuits are pretty nice. The chocolate could have been a little neater and spun on the top, like a little bit more delicately, but overall looks good. After biting into it, Paul says the chocolate is a little bit thick. He would have preferred it like thinner chocolates. However, the orange jam is delicious. And the way that he put the jam was kind of like a blob. Mm. Paul says that if he were to spread it, there would have been the perfect bite each time instead of like just having a blob in the middle. So yeah, maybe just like a small criticism there, but overall, not bad. Pretty good, yeah. All right, up up next we have Nikki. She'll be making tasty tea time treat marshmallow biscuits. She says there's only one marshmallow biscuit as far as she's concerned, and it's a Tunnox tea cake. We learned that she and her husband Rob are both retired, but they like to keep active, whether it's out rambling with the dogs Haggis and Bracken or doing exercise classes together. Her ginger and rhubarb jam will be the main attraction in tea cakes of pistachio, shortbread, and vanilla marshmallow. Mm. During judging, Paul says, where's the ginger? Nikki says the jam was in there, but it ran a wee bit. To which (laughs) Paul said, ran out of the tent? There's nothing there. (laughs) So they were not the main attraction. (laughs) He's trying to find some, Prue says, as he's... Basically cutting through all of them. <laughs> yep. He just continuously cut through. He's like very determined to find some jam. Prue does say that the biscuit is beautiful. The chocolate is nice and thin. That She's done a good job, but they needed the jam. To which I am now saying that No Jam Nikki has become one of my favorite bakers this season. <laughs> she gets coined out later in the yeah, episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> so we have, uh, what was Keith's nickname? Something Ned, yeah. needy, needy Ned, needy Ned. Yeah, no jam, Nikki. Much better. No than jam, needy Nikki. Ned. Yeah. All right. Next we have Rowan, who's making a lemon, rosemary, and violet marshmallow biscuit. His biscuit contains lemon and rosemary shortbread with a Parma violet marshmallow. And when he tells Paul that his marshmallow is Parma violet flavored, Paul says, "I find that disgusting." So maybe not good strategically for Rowan to have made a Parma Violet Marshmallow. We get some info on Rowan. He likes to go for long walks in the forest with his parents. But the noise of the stream makes him want to wee a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he asks Allison if she likes Parma Violet because he's kind of like concerned that Paul doesn't like it. And she says, yeah, I love Parma Violet. So he goes, oh, I guess when life gives you lemons, you make Parma Violet. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> judging, they say that his Parma Violet biscuits are neat as a pin. However, Paul says, I'm not getting too much Parma Violet, which actually is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says the lemon is good. Uh, overall, he has a decent biscuit. Prue says that after she bit into the biscuits, she got one flavor after another, which was a good thing. So overall, good job on Rowan. Mm-hmm. And the Parma Violet thing worked out in his favor. Yes. All right, up next we have Saku. She's making pistachio and raspberry marshmallow biscuits. She says to Allison that she does not bake biscuits often, at least once a week. To which Allison says, that's often. That's pretty often. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think that's often. We learned that every Sri Lankan New Year, instead of baking biscuits, Saku and her family celebrate by boiling over milk, a tradition that symbolizes prosperity. That was pretty cool. It was yeah, it literally, cool, but I was like, they have to clean that up. Yeah, it was literally a pan of milk on the stove Yeah, that was boiling over. So she'll be serving up elegant sandwich pistachio and raspberry jam marshmallow biscuit inspired by a flavor she fell in love with in Sicily. Whenever she goes there, she tries the pistachio granita. It's heavenly. She loves the pistachio. Mm-hmm. During judging, Prue says, it's very pretty. Paul says that he thinks her flavors are good. The jam comes through. The biscuit, you got got pistachio flavor in it. His only comment would be that the biscuit needed to be a little bit longer in the oven. Mm. So overall, pretty good for Saku. Yep. Last but not least, we have Tasha, who is making after-school treats, marshmallow biscuits. 
based on Milo, a chocolate drink she had in Australia. Her biscuits contained malted chocolate shortbread, malted marshmallow, and white chocolate ganache. We learned that Tasha moved to Australia at age nine. And it's pretty funny because when, right when they say, like, she moved to Australia when she was nine, we get a picture of her and a koala. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course. That definitely means she's in Australia yeah. now. <laughs> Can't get more Australian than that. Uh, she said she enjoyed drinking Milo after a long school day. So this is very much a, a childhood bake for her. During judging, they say that her biscuits look sophisticated and there's beautiful piping. After Paul bites into it, he says, you think the biscuit is thick, but it's not. It actually crumbles well, and the chocolate is delicate and not nicely balanced. And Prue says there's a beautiful malted aftertaste. At this point, we zoom in on Paul, and he says, they are delicate, pretty, and I have to. And then he extends his hand for the first handshake of the season. I well point. done, Tasha. Well done. She gets applause from everybody in the tent. And Allison's like, these are so good. I'm going to take two of them, which is <laughs> funny. So immediately after this, we get comments from the bakers. Tasha says, I got a Hollywood handshake. I was not expecting that at all. And she seems over the moon. Keith says, I don't think I could have gotten any better than that. Because the judges are not blind. Comedy hour. Facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Improv time. Yeah. Nikki says, you can't be worried about these things because it's done. Keep smiling, and it's what life is about. It's a very good uh, good outlook on Nikki. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, first handshake in the tent goes to Tasha. Yes, I like it. I like it. I, I, I feel like this is Tasha's episode. Mm. Like, yeah. She's she's very, uh, she's a very, it's like the first episode, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't do that well, and she was actually in trouble going home. Mm-hmm. So she turned it around quite a bit. Yes. Okay. All right, let's do the technical. Let's. All right, up next we have the technical. This week set by the lovely Prue. She's only got one piece of advice for the bakers. Use their time wisely. Hmm. Very good advice from Prue mm-hmm. about this particular technical mm-hmm. that doesn't apply to any other baking challenge. <laughs> Prue would like them to make a batch of 12 perfectly baked custard creams. They should be made with a short, buttery biscuit and imprinted with that classic custard cream design. And they should be filled with a custard buttercream. The bakers have one and a half hours to make this. We hear a little bit from Paul and Prue. Paul says, do you think it's too simple? And Prue says, it's not that simple. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually easy to go wrong. The most common problem will be with people not chilling their biscuit dough enough. It needs to go in the oven really, really cold. If it's the slightest bit warm, the buttercream will start to melt, or the butter will start to melt, and it will lose the definition and the shape. It definitely happens. The next most common problem will be not getting the, the creme au beurre properly chilled. It's all about chilling and timing. Mm. There's a lot of this yeah. in and out of the freezer. All right, so I'm going to go over the bottom three. In last place, we have Keith. And pretty much everything that they said that could go wrong, it kind of happened with Keith, unfortunately. Mm. Um, they say his biscuits were messy, uneven. There was no definition. The dough was too soft. It was kind of even hard to cut because the dough was so soft. And they said that the custard tasted like rubber. So very, uh, mm. very bad time for Keith here. Yeah. Second to last place, we have Saku. They say her biscuits were misshapen. Some of them have no definition. The custard is actually curdled and overall a shame. So yeah, not a not a good technical for Saku. Mm. And then third to last place, we have Christy. They say her biscuits have little definition. The dough is too soft. However, its custard is better than the biscuits. Well, it's a good thing that technical doesn't account for anything. Yeah. This, <laughs> it kind of seems like it doesn't. <laughs> like they and like online, like on Reddit, they always make that case that it doesn't count but like these two episodes anyway okay. we'll get into it later. all right in eighth place we had tasha in seventh was dana six was josh five maddie four nikki which leaves in third place rowan 
So during this portion of the show, we learned that Nikki actually rolls out Rowan's biscuit dough. Yeah, and they put it in the preview, like yeah. in the beginning of the episode. And I was waiting for this to be like a huge deal. I was like, oh no, she's going to bake with it. What are the judges going to do? How are they going to judge it? Mm-hmm. It kind of gets resolved right away. Although Nikki rolled it out and she got one place lower than Rowan. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, dairy judging. Paul said they look great. They're even. They look very professional. Sadly, they're slightly underbaked. Pooh says, do you know why? Because they're too thick. Hmm. Paul says another couple of minutes, they would have been perfect. It's a real shame. Pooh said they're really nice. They're just a bit soft. We're down to our final two. And in second place was Dan. During judging, Paul says it's a lovely color, pretty even on the top and bottom. Pooh says it's very good, well-filled. Paul said this one also needed to be a bit longer in the oven. Pooh says it's a bitty because apart from that, she said it would have been pretty faultless. They do look wonderful. Paul says, to be honest, these are pretty good. Just not as good as number one. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's how numbers work. And so in number one, that leaves us with Abby. We did learn early in this segment that Abby had recently, actually the night before, looked up a custard cream recipe. So that like, may have paid off. When she said that, I was like, she's in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul said it's got nice definition. It's nice and equal to colors, right? It's got a slight brown hue to it. Prue says that it's beautiful. It looks really good, nice and thin. And they said it's, in fact, a lot better than a commercial custard cream. It's very, very good. It's better than store-bought, which is a great compliment in that sense. Yeah. So at the end, we hear from a few of our bakers. Abby says that she's just so relieved. Better than a commercial custard cream. That's high praise. Dan says that he's really pleased about it, that he pulled it out of the bag. And then Dana says, it's so much better than last week when she came in 12th. She's going to have a drink. Seventh place. What will she do if she ever got first place? She's going to go wild. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to party until the next day. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, after that, we kind of have a judges roundtable. We hear from some of the judges. Who is in line for Star Baker? It's Tasha. Um, Tasha did very good in the signature. She got a handshake. Although Paul did say she dropped a little bit in the technical. She was kind of mid there. She was eighth. Yeah. <laughs> but she's still in line for Star Baker. Hmm. Technical doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and also Rowan and Josh are in line for Star Baker. In trouble, it's Keith. Um, they say Keith's biscuits looked awful, both in the technical and the signature, which is not great. Last in the technical. Last in the technical. Good thing it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and Dana is also in trouble, as well as Nikki, aka No Jam Nikki, no! which is coined here. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the technical. Let's do this showstopper. All right, for the Biscuit Week showstopper, the bakers are tasked with making an amazing illusion biscuit display depicting their favorite meal. They get four hours. No ask, what if the baker's favorite meal is a plate <laughs> of biscuits, huh, Paul? Did you think about that? Which, to which Paul does not uh, dignify back with an answer. We get some notes from Paul and Prue. They say the biscuits could be burgers, pizza, or anything. Paul says personally... His favorite meal is a pizza, which I was like, for some reason, that does not surprise me. That seems very on brand with Paul. Mm. He does love a za. They say that when baking their biscuits, there's a danger of overworking the dough because they're trying to make a specific shape. So that might happen. They say the biscuits must taste good, look good, but also look like something else. And there has to be a wow factor. I do think we get wow factors on this bake. Oh, yeah. First up, it's Abby. She is making a very cool concept. It's a dim sum brunch illusion biscuits. It comes with a lattice streamer baskets, brandy snap spring rolls, lemon earl grey biscuit, and apricot pistachio dumplings. She's also making fortune cookies. And one of the little fortune cookies has a fortune that says, watch out, things are getting intense. Because she's like, we're in a tent. <laughs> Very funny, Abby. Maybe yeah. she should do some stand-up with Keith, right? <laughs> that would be good. And improve, of course. She says she loves Chinese food and it's one of her favorite things to cook. During judging, they said that her dim sum brunch biscuits look good, are clever, 
and she's made a very nice steamer baskets. After they bite into some of the bakes, um, especially the apricot pistachio dumplings, they did the apricot is a little bit too strong. However, overall the biscuits and all the, the features is crisp and flavorsome. Overall, it looks like dim sum. The illusion works. Very good job, Abby. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty makes good. me want dim sum and <laughs> then some. All right, up next we have <laughs> dim sum and then some. Look at you also joining in on the stand-up. Yep. <laughs> All right, up next we have Christy. She's making a family charcuterie board illusion biscuits. We charcuterie? Have a, we have That's a lot. That's so creative. I can't believe she thought of that. We have a lot of charcuterie boards. This could have been the charcuterie showstopper challenge, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Alongside her marzipan ham-covered biscotti, her grazing board will feature fondant-top ginger biscuits, masquerading as slices of cheeses and chorizo, and orange pistachio biscuits that will be stacked to make an array of cheeses. Lots of cheeses. Yeah. Yes. During judging, Prue says that she thought it looked wonderful. Paul says the ginger's got a good flavor. It's nice and warm. The biscotti's nice and tangy. He thinks that she's done well. It's smart. It's neat. Well done. So pretty good for our first spread here. Yeah, there's there's a lot of spreads we're going to have to go through. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, next we have two Dan. Pies. <laughs> yeah. Dan is making a cheese and onion pie, which contains shortbread pie crust, pistachio shortbread onions, and vanilla biscuits, which are made into the shape of fries, a.k.a. chips. They use fries and chips interchangeably during this segment. Did you notice that? Mm. Sometimes they said fries, sometimes they said chips. I'm like, hmm. I, I know to us it's fries. So mm-hmm. whenever they say chips, I have to like do a little bit like fries. I mean, fries or chips or fries. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that they use both terms for fries. Yeah, not like biscuits and cookies. Yeah, they never said cookies once. <laughs> During baking, um, no comments that Dan has like a messy station. And no was like, you should see Paul's station. It's all starched denim, which was funny. <laughs> During judging, the judges say that his cheese and onion pie biscuits do look beautiful. The shortbread fries taste very nice. However, they're slightly burnt, which is a minor criticism. They say his pistachio shortbread pie is a triumph. Overall, he did a great job. Well done. So... Strong episode for Dan. Mm-hmm. Up next, we have Dana. She's making her Friday night takeaway illusion biscuits, which is basically pizza. Pizza. Which we learned was Paul's favorite. Yep. She says she literally probably has pizza probably every Friday night. That sounds like a good Friday night to me. Yeah. Yeah. Her gravity-defying pizza will comprise of a maple pecan shortbread base, date-rolled stuffed crust, and tiled pepperoni. Tweel pepperoni, not tiled. Tweel. <laughs> <laughs> tiled would, would be in line with concrete. Right. Yeah. You could dip it. I mean. Right. <laughs> okay. So I feel like she went a little beyond what I thought it was going to be, and I liked it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the gravity-defying part looked cool. Yeah, we've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. We've seen those leaning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. During judging, Prue says that she's never seen a pizza that deep. So this thing was definitely a deep dish pizza. It was probably like four or five inches deep. Dana says neither has she, but that's the dream. Mm. Prue says that she enjoyed it a lot. Paul says that she's done a really good job with that, that the flavors and textures are clever. Prue says it's so original, and she loves the date stuff crust. So it was really cool. It had one slice that was elevated, and then like the cheese was running into the rest of the pizza, which yeah. was the deep dish, which was about four or five inches deep it of a crust. Pretty deep. Yeah, but that, it looked like a very cheesy pizza, like something you would see like a Ninja Turtle eat out of a cartoon yeah. or something. <laughs> like the cheese just runs deep and just yeah, it was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it looked nice. Speaking of cool, next we have Josh, who's making a JJ's burger and fries. He uses the word fries. So, he actually makes a gingerbread chopping board, and on top of that, there's like an illusion burger and fries. The buns are made of almond sugar biscuits, and the fries are made of shortbread. Inside the burger, the tomato will be made out of strawberry sugar biscuits, and the burger patty will be made out of 
quarantine, which Bruce says is a cool concept. And Paul's like, yeah, you've thought this idea through. While he's baking, um, Paul kind of comments that a real burger and chips would be really helpful to him, <laughs> which I agree with. And Prue's like, oh, Paul might eat that though. <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. All right. So judging time, this thing looks amazing. It looks so cool and it looks the most accurate, I would say. Josh, Josh was on Is It Biscuit? That's the show he was on. Yeah, <laughs> Is It Biscuit? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like some of the other bakes, right? They weren't like true to size. I felt like this was true to the size of what a burger would be. Like he did a very good job. Of, it like, was it was really making cool. an illusion burger. Yeah. The judges say that it's a big triumph. After they cut into some of the biscuits and try them, they say the orange shortbread is light, delicate, and beautiful. Um, they actually take out the tomato and they're like, this is very clever. You can actually kind of see through the tomato. It's like kind of translucent, which is cool. It was. And it's later we'll get into another judging where someone made a not so good tomato. Yeah, that's coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the burger bun itself is chewy, crispy, and zingy, which is full of flavor. They say overall... To Josh, you've created something special. You don't normally get illusion stuff that tastes as good. And then they say, well done. And Josh goes back to his station. Let's move on to the next bigger. Actually, no. <laughs> At this point, when you think that his segment is over, we, we see a clip of Paul walking up to Josh. And he's like, you know what, mate? And he takes out his handshake. And Josh gets a very rare showstopper handshake. Paul says, over, it was amazing, it was beautiful. So Paul was thinking about this the whole time, whether he should give him a handshake or not. I think it came after the buzzer and should not count. It definitely counts. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Showstopper handshakes are very rare. And when you actually get one, it means you've created something that, like, yeah, it's like Paul said, something special, so... He definitely deserved it. I mean, it (laughs) it looked the coolest out of all the bakes in the showstopper to me, so... Yeah. Yeah, Good. Great job, Josh. All right. Speaking of tomatoes, up next is Keith. <laughs> he, Ruh, said, he says he's hoping to present something better than the two dogs breakfast he presented the previous two rounds. <laughs> Comedy. Yes, stand up. <laughs> yes. We learned that he works at home uh, near the seaside, and quite often when he makes his lunch, he goes down to the seaside to sit on the beach for half an hour. His Viennese biscuit and raspberry buttercream ice cream cone will sit beside his shortbread ham and tomato sandwich with a spiced biscuit crust and a portion of almond twill chips, not tile, contained with their cylindrical gingerbread packaging. So, during judging, Paul says that he thinks it's clever. However, he's not quite sure he's seen many tomatoes like that. So, Keith's tomato looked like a flaming hot cracker with some yellow can cheese (laughs) (laughs) spread dots on it a good effort but not quite the same as josh's tomato Uh, josh's tomato looked like a tomato it was like translucent (laughs) yes yeah keys look keys tomato was like an orange like piped circle with little raindrops (laughs) piped onto it yeah Yeah, unfortunately not a good look Paul says he does like the way that he's done the bread. It's very soft. Prue does say that it has great flavor. Paul says his flavors are always good. The issue is he shouldn't be able to push his finger in. It's too soft. Mm. Prue says the ham slice in the middle is much better baked. But then Paul says the ice creams are slightly raw inside the biscuit and that Keith has struggled a little bit on this one. Mm. So needy Ned, not that great. Yeah, not not great for a needy Ned stand-up comedian. Yeah. All right, uh, next we have Maddie, who is uh, making a cheese board illusion biscuit tray, which contains six different biscuits, two shortbreads, macaron grapes, and Garibaldi crackers. And he's using this time to get away from wedding planning. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. During baking, Noah asks if he's scared of anyone in the tent, and he says, Abby. He's right behind her, and she can he can see what she's doing, and it scares her or scares him because it looks so good. I'm like, yeah, man, she was making like dim sum yeah. over there. <laughs> You're making a cheese board like five other makers, but overall, um, it looked pretty good. During judging, the, the, the judges agree. They say the illusion is very good. 
There was like one cheese that which had like um they look like a blue cheese that he made. And they're like, Yeah, look at this one. That looks basically like a cheese. Is it cheese? <laughs> they don't spend too much time on his judging. They said that his shortbread is crumbly and delicious overall. Job well done. So pretty good. Pretty good on Maddie. All right, up next is Nikki. She's making a home from home from home steak pie. This is our second pie, right? Yep. We have a lot of cheese boards, a couple of pies, and then some unique ones. Mm-hmm. So beneath her shortbread pie crest, her chocolate steak biscuits will be sandwiched with a hazelnut and orange ganache. Rosehip marzipan peas and shortbread chips will sit alongside a plate of decorated gingerbread. During judging, Paul says, it's good looking thing. It's well detailed. Prue says, it's neat. The chips look more like shortbread fingers than chips. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Maybe Paul, one price. Yeah. In regards to the beef, Paul said that the chocolate hazelnut, chocolate hazelnuts are beautiful. The texture falls apart in the mouth and the ganache just tops it off. It's a good sandwich biscuit. The flavor of the gingerbread bowl is very gingery. It's too thick and underbaked, though. It just needed longer in the oven. If thinner, if it was thinner, it would have been better. So overall, pretty good, but a few things to work on. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Rowan. Guess what Rowan's making? Do you think it's a charcuterie board? I do. Because it is a charcuterie board. <laughs> <laughs> he makes another charcuterie board. Uh, his charcuterie board contains sugar cookie prosciutto. Uh, there's bread and cheese made from gingerbread. And Rowan says that his favorite night in in university. When he has a Pinot Noir in the fridge, he takes it out and he drinks it. And he has, like, the charcuterie board um, spread with his friends. And Allison is like, Rowan, when I was in uni, I was a student. I can't afford this. And Rowan's like, yeah, you should see my overdraft charges. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan's a very sophisticated uh, like college student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. I, I was probably more like Paul in college, just eating pizza every day. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Pinot Noir and cheese. Pretty fancy, yeah. Yeah. During judging, say that they say that his charcuterie board looks nice. The textures are slightly soft, and there's like a salami that doesn't quite look like a salami. But overall, when they bite into his biscuits, everything tastes good. So maybe not the best charcuterie board. Yeah. All right. Up next is Saku. She's making a Sri Lankan breakfast feast. In the beginning, we see Allison at her station, and we learn that she's using real onion as her onions. So, <laughs> <laughs> Saku is thinking next level. Yeah. <laughs> However, alongside our onions, there'll be a biscuit rendering of a traditional Sri Lankan breakfast featuring coconut and cardamom biscuit hoppers, roti of cheddar, rosemary, and black pepper, and a chocolate and coffee biscuit chicken curry. Hmm. I love a good roti. This looks like it's going to be a really good feast. Yeah. During judging, Paul says that the rotis are fantastic. Prue says it's very delicious. They're so good that in its own right should be a well-known Sri Lankan delicacy. Paul says that the spices in the hopper are good, but they could have been more. Prue says that perhaps if she had made the egg a little bit bigger and done with spring onion, a bit of chili, so it looked more colorful. So maybe just a little bit more aesthetic decor on it, but overall pretty good. All right, last but not least, we have Tasha, who is invoking a baking challenge from a different season, Japanese week. <laughs> <laughs> and Tasha is making Japanese katsu and matcha illusion biscuits, which contain orange and biscotti almond illusion katsu chicken with a Palais Breton biscuits bowl and matcha cups. Tasha says she loves Japanese restaurants and cuisine, and whenever her and her friends go to a new Japanese restaurant, they love to try the katsu, which she kind of uses as a, like um, an initial way to judge the restaurant. Would you say that's a pretty good way to judge a Japanese restaurant by the katsu? It could be. I think it's like a, one of their dishes that is pretty common, and, and you could kind of like yeah, there yeah, there's a lot of breaded foods there. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, I could see that you would want to have the center moist, the outside crisp. So. Like, whenever I go to a Japanese restaurant, um, one of the things that I always try is, like, their soups. Ah, uh, Like yeah. a nikudon or, like, an udon mm -hmm. or, like, a, a ramen or something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, katsu don is delicious, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, during judging, they say that her Japanese katsu looks very good and looks very pretty. I would say she did a good job, too. 
It was one of the more unique uh, biscuits creations in the tent that mm. day. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't make a cheese board. <laughs> 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 I mean, the chicken katsu was a good illusion. It looked like chicken katsu. It did. This is the biscuit in it was nice and sharp with flavor. And the chicken, uh, the biscotti that was like shaped like chicken was delicious. Had a nice crunch to it. Overall, good textures and flavors. Prue says that she has set a new bar, which is high. So good, uh, good, good effort from Tasha. Yes. Yes. I was waiting for a return of Matcha Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have to retire Matcha Man. <laughs> also, when we did Matcha Man, like, um, that was like during the pandemic and we had to record it through, like, uh, we weren't in person, right? Right. So when I went back and listened to one of those episodes, like, the audio just sounded like not as like quality as it is now. Uh-huh. But also, I was doing a Macho Man impersonation. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what did we do here? <laughs> anyway, those, yeah, those 2020 episodes, uh, just just have that note that we weren't in person. And uh, the audio might have been a little bit misconstrued. Also, in addition, we did a lot of impersonations that season for some reason. Because <laughs> that was the season that had like Japanese week and everybody did like matcha stuff. <laughs> and that's when we introduced Matcha, the Matcha Man. Randy Savage. <laughs> anyway, that, um, that's all the show stuffer bakes. <laughs> we hear from some of the bakers. Josh says, "Wow, I wasn't expecting that." He's talking about the show stopper handshake. Tasha says, "I think Josh has pipped Star Baker, but that's fine. Um, another time, I was touching distance and it was gone." Nikki says, "I'm actually good at making a real steak pie, which is funny." <laughs> We get a judges roundtable. And Paul kind of elaborates on his handshake. He says it was a delayed handshake because he was so full of biscuits, everything was numb. <laughs> and then it hit him and it was so good. They said that Josh is running in the running for Star Baker. Um, he was midway before the showstopper, but he has escalated himself. Tasha is up there too. She's hardly done anything wrong. And this whole time I was like, Obviously, those are the two that are in line for Star Baker. They both got handshakes. Mm-hmm. But Dan got like first in the technical, right? Mm-hmm. He did really good on his signature and show suppers, but he's not even in the running. Uh, yeah. Technical doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the people who are in trouble of going home, it's Keith and Nikki. They said overall, Keith has had good flavors in the tent, but everything else has gone wrong, which is not good. Um, they say Nikki is not performing up to the standard of everyone else. So, yeah, I mean, those are kind of the two bakers that are competing for Star Baker. I think the episode is about them. And then the two that are trying to stay in the tent, Nikki and Keith. I, I think it's kind of clear who's going to go home at this point. Somebody whose name starts with an N. <laughs> right. Good. So Star Baker was actually pretty. Um, it was pretty surprising. It was it's kind of hard to guess. Did you actually guess the right person? I did not. You didn't. No. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it would, it would go that way. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's talk about it. They announced Star Baker, and it's Tasha who looks genuinely surprised, and Tasha she looks very emotional, and it looks like it means a lot to her, which is a very nice moment. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was gonna go Josh. I guess Tasha was just so strong in this signature and the showstopper. Maybe Josh wasn't as strong in the signature, but he had an amazing showstopper. He was slightly it seemed, stronger in the technical. I know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was I think it was really like it could have gone either way. Yeah. Yeah. They both they both did really well overall. Yeah. And sadly someone has to go. In this episode it's Keith, which I don't think is a surprise. Um, they focused on him a lot this episode because he had a lot of struggles. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. Yeah. If he would just, if maybe he would have chosen a mold in the first round, and then maybe if he could have just baked a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the showstopper. I kind of knew that he was going home after, like, they were judging Josh's tomato, and then they, they showed him looking. Like, that was. I, unfortunately, that was one of my funniest moments. But well, that was dark. <laughs> that was, was, that was yeah. a very, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, Keith says, I feel fine. There's nothing sad about it at the moment. I've had the most fantastic time. The first week, I kept having bruises on my arm because I was pinching myself every hour. I don't know how many hours I'm going to spend the rest of my life banging on about this. So, a very positive outlook, Keith. We're going to miss you, Keith. Yeah, yeah. Josh says, Tasha is such a deserving star baker this week because her signature, which she actually tasted yesterday, was incredible. I was like, oh, they do try each other's bakes. Yeah. Josh says, the handshake, well, he will remember that for a long time. And then we get Tasha with the final quote of the night. She says, it's the weirdest feeling because you put all this time and energy, and at the end of the day, it's just biscuits that you eat. But it means so much, and it's really a good feeling. So good for Tasha. I thought she had an amazing episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that is it. Good episode. That was a good one. Some amazing bakes. All right, let's get into our segments. All right. What's up first? Favorite bake? Easy for me. It's Josh. Josh's burger and fries. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It made me want a burger and fries. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's when the illusion works. It works on the, <laughs> the host of Quick Mix podcast <laughs> to get the real thing. I don't want the biscuit. I want the, I want the real one now. <laughs> I'm going with Tasha's signature. I, I want to try the yeah, after school yeah, treat one marshmallow biscuits. Makes sense. The yeah. two the two handshake bakes. Yeah. 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 Our funniest moment. All right. I have another dark moment. Oh no. <laughs> Let's go with yours. Okay, so during the technical, they had to use a stamp for the cream, right? Right. And Noel and No Jam Nikki were playing a game because it you kind of had to tap the top of it and they were pretending it was a buzzer. Yeah. And then so Noel was like, who's going to win Bake Off this year? And then he buzzes the buzzer, and then he says, Keith. <laughs> and then we find out that Keith I went know. home. This, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. no. Yeah. He, that's not the first time something like that has happened. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why. I mean, it's not funny, but it kind of It's kind of funny. Is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine is more random. It's when uh, Allison is, I guess it's hot in the tent. She's so like a big fan, so she's like fanning herself. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I thought I was your biggest fan. And then Allison just like breaks out laughing. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Okay. Um, let's just skip fantasy update this week. I don't know. I think. Okay, we should go over it. Let's I think. Go, let's go over it. Now that we have extra, extra stakes. No, well, we yeah. have that, but we have. Okay. We have oatmeal on the line. Yeah, we do. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the score? All right. So this week, Team Q tallied a total of 33 points. That was bolstered by Josh's handshake. That was additional five. Yeah. However, on Team M, Tasha got Star Baker, which was 10 bonus points plus five for a handshake. So yeah. Team M had a total of 53 points. Oof. That makes the totals for two weeks Team Q, 67. Uh-huh. Team M, 107. Oh, no. It's a 40-point spread right now. Oh, no. However, we are even in Bakers because you lost Amos last week. Yeah. And then I lost Keith this week. Josh just has to win Star Baker the next three episodes. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, he's really good. It's possible. Um, so. Let me prepare my conscience. <laughs> and the emotional spirit to eat. I dunked oatmeal. And we have a lot. Of, we have a lot of episodes. Yeah, 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 it's only episode two, but yeah, so far. Okay, prediction right. time. So last week we predicted Star Baker. You said Abby. I said Saku. Both wrong. Yep, yep. Going home. You said Dana, and I said Nikki. I was wrong close. Again. <laughs> I was close, but I, Nikki is my new fan favorite. Yeah, so. she's funny. I want her to stick around. She got the stand-up. Up next, we have bread week, right? Bread is make or break week. This is when the winner of the season usually does very well in bread week. Ooh. All right. So, Tasha is off the table. Yeah. Who will be your star baker next week? Josh. Josh. He's a chemist. He'll do good in bread. Ooh, that's, you're right, you're right. I'm going with Nikki, my really? new favorite baker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What do you have any anything to add? Yes. Because she also had another funny when <laughs> they were, they were walking she was walking with Maddie and she called his shoes 
Megan's. They're his Megan trainers. And that's why I want her around because I... <laughs> that has nothing to do with baking. I enjoy... I just enjoy her. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Her on the show. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think she could do it. Yep. I think she could do uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. All right. Let's get to the next prediction. <laughs> okay. Who is going home? I'm going to say Nikki. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble. No, I was also going to say Nikki. You can't do... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, I have to pick someone from your team because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, put a curse on my team. So, ooh, I will go with. Oh gosh, I don't really know. I'm gonna go with Dana. Dana, because that's who you picked this week. Yeah, that's, that was one of my strategies uh, previous season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are our predictions. Wow, bread ooh. week. Looking forward to it. Wow, you think Nikki's gonna go home? I mean, she was in trouble this episode. Yeah, Tasha was in trouble last episode. That's true. She might get starving. <laughs> <laughs> we go by that rationale. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. If uh, you guys have any comments or you guys want to reach out to us, we're at Quick Mix Podcast. And please leave a review if you like the episodes. But uh, thanks for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.